My guest today is an amazing musician, songwriter, producer, and one of the most accomplished names in music today. He has a brand new album called To The Bone, which comes out August 18th. I'm very pleased to welcome back Stephen Wilson. Hello, Roy from The Prog Report. Hi, Stephen. Good to speak with you again, man. I guess the last time we spoke, it was the end of the tour that you did here last year. And Oh, yeah, we do. Yes, okay, I do remember. It was a book, <laughs> right? It was some kind of book. That's right. I've been working on this book, and, you know, you were very gracious. We've covered a lot, and we're almost at the end of the book. I'm almost done, so, I'm, you know, thank you for that. Okay. I do remember, yes. Oh, very Seems cool. like a long time ago. It does, right? A, a lot's changed. A new album, To The Bone, which comes out in just about, I guess, eight days, August 18th. Um, you know, I want to I wanna jump right in and, and ask you, you know, when you were putting this album together and, and writing it and when you had the vision for how this was going to go, uh, I assume maybe you might have thought to yourself, well, I don't know what the fans are going to think about this one. Um, you know, how's the response been so far? How have you experienced that? Oh, um, I, I mean, to be honest, I'm not necessarily aware. Uh, I mean, the reviews have been fantastic. Yeah, so uh, yeah. from the press, no. Um, my only real, my only real awareness, uh, the moment has come from uh, doing the interviews and doing the promotion, and everyone seems, I mean, or you know, a couple of exceptions, but <laughs> everyone seems to be really into it. Um, I think, uh, you know, I, I guess I'm conscious in the back of my mind, of course, that, you know, that there are some people that will not appreciate the direction that I go in. But I think I've always had that right through my career. You know, I think back to, you know, I think back to when when I made an album many years ago called Stupid Dream, which was very different. It was more of a song based record. It was very different to the more psychedelic space rock music that had come before yeah. and then i think of when in absentia came out and suddenly embraced you know metal music and a lot of people didn't like that um so i think i'm kind of used to um you know I'm, i guess i'm used to uh losing fans and ga gaining <laughs> new ones at the same time that but to me that's you know that's what being an artist is, isn't it? You know, you, yeah. you keep evolving, you keep changing, and you confront the expectations of your audience because that's what real artists are supposed to do, aren't, aren't, you know, aren't they? Keep evolving and keep it, keep it exciting and keep it different. And what's the point of making the same record twice? Um, now, of course, the subtext, speaking to you, because you obviously write for a prog, uh, sorry, is it a website? It's a website. A website, right? yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, the subtext of speaking to you, somebody that comes from the prog rock community, I suppose there is a perception of me as being someone that is um, very much aligned with the world of progressive rock. Um, and while I acknowledge that, I don't feel necessarily that that is something that should be restrictive to me. And, of course, if you look at my career in the broader sense, you'll find pop records, you'll find ambient records, you'll find uh, me extreme metal records, and, yes, you will find uh, more traditionally progressive rock albums too. But I guess I've never thought of myself as a generic um, yeah, artist. Yeah. We've spoken about that about that part, and, and I, I tend to agree with the, the vast styles that you've covered uh, and I think a lot of people in, in reading well he's going in a different direction we're worried it was going to be a record of all 
permeating or even something even more poppy or something, which it, the album is not close to that. Where did the vision come from for the 80s pop influence? Did it happen organically as you were writing or were you influenced that during a period and said, I want to make this type of record? When did that decision come? I think I think in the back of my mind, okay, firstly, you know, one of the biggest uh, inspirations to me, uh, which, you know, it seems like a, in many respects, it seems like a negative influence and inspiration, but it's, it's a very important one, is the the kind of inspiration to not do what's already been done so there is always a sense at the beginning of a new project what can i do with this next record that will be different and will justify its existence in my catalog because i can't you know what's the point of making another hand cannot raise you know or another you know whatever and so that's number one what can i do with this record that's going to be different and i think early on i decided that this record i was going to focus more on my uh songwriting and strip away perhaps some of the more conceptual uh rock elements uh, which i know some people love you know but but that's still there and i may may come back to that but this time around writing songs perhaps a little bit more concise and try to, and the second, the second half of the answer to your question is I think I was very inspired by, not necessarily musically, but inspired by the philosophy of some of the great albums from the 80s that were very beautifully balanced between the accessible and the ambitious. And I think of artists like Kate Bush, I think of artists like Peter Gabriel, like Prince, like Talk Talk, like Tears of Fears, Depeche Mode, you know, the list goes on and on yeah. and on. There's a, there's a golden there's a golden era I think throughout the eighties. The eighties gets the bad rap, you know rap sometimes. Oh, absolutely. But I think the eighties was a wonderfully creative uh, you know decade, and a lot of these records that you would say yes, they're very accessible. They have great choruses, great melodies, great pop songs, but at the same time, there's no sense of dumbing down for in order to achieve that. And I think that's the problem with a lot of modern pop. You know, for me, a lot of modern pop is that sense that it's very machine-tooled and dumbed down. Um, and there is definitely a way, as illustrated by those classic 80s albums, of making very intelligent, very sophisticated records, which are both accessible and also very, very ambitious and very, dare I use that word, progressive in, in the true sense. Well, I love the fact that a band like Tears for Fears now gets written about in Prog Magazine as a band that was sort of prog, which is always one of my favorite bands. And an album like The Seeds of Love, I used to listen to it going, do people know what they're listening to? Because this is not simple pop music. I, w I always thought it was an amazing record and everything they've done has always been with that mentality. Yeah, and I think so. And, you know, if you go back to very, you know, if you go back to the very basics of what progressive means, I, I don't particularly like the contracted version of that word, as you know. That sure. If we use the word progressive in itself, if we go back to the very, very sort of roots about what progressive means to me, firstly, it was a kind of allegiance to the idea of, you know, making an album like a kind of musical journey rather than just writing you know, putting together a bunch of random songs together. It's that kind of allegiance to the idea of the album as a musical continuum, a musical journey. But also I think progressive ultimately means mixing 
different styles of music together to create something new, to create new hybrids. And if you go back to the very birth of, of what we call progressive music, you had bands that were mixing rock with classical music, mixing rock with jazz music, mm-hmm. mixing rock with the blues and R&B. And all of those produced different kinds of musical hybrids, which we now think of as being the archetypes of what we call progressive rock. And I think that carried right through, starting with the Beatles, actually. If you go back to the Beatles, and artists like the Beach Boys, and albums like Pet Sounds and Sgt. Pepper, these are undoubtedly what you would call pop records, very accessible, songs are very concise, very short, but at the same time, the roots of experimentation and ambition and conceptual rock music are also right there. And I think there's a tradition that's carried on, as you say, through the artists like Tears for Fears and Talk Talk and Kate Bush and, and even artists like Prince to an extent. Um, and to the bonus part, I feel is part of that tradition in its own way. Yeah. I want to ask you a little bit about uh, the approach for promotion for the album, because I know you have a new label. And, uh, you know, it, it's been very aggressive. You know, f- I think five songs have been released by now. How, was this sort of mm. uh, something that was your decision to want to do that? Or the, the label comes to you and says, let's let's do it this way. How does something like that come about? More the latter. I mean, I, you know, I'm I'm not uh, the most, you know, Internet savvy person. I, I you know, I, I think one of the reasons to go with a new label was to 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 maybe have uh, 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 someone that was a bit more aggressive uh, and stronger in reaching, uh, potentially reaching a new audience, a younger audience, perhaps you might say. Um, You know, I've never been about preaching to the converted. I've always felt, you know, this goes back to the beginning of our conversation. I've always felt like there's there's an opportunity with each record to to find some new fans. And of course, one of the one of the the places you, you find new fans these days is through things like Spotify and streaming services and YouTube and social media. And I'm not really okay with that. So I kind of defer to my record label and my web guy. And I think this time around, um, the, the album is, is so, in some respects, is so diverse and so eclectic that it was hard to just sort of pick on one or two songs that right. would give a good idea. And as you say, I mean, Permanating, for example, would have been very would have been very easy for us to just release Permanating because it's a very catchy pop song. But it would have given a totally distorted view of the album as a whole. So I think it was almost like, well, we need you know we almost need to let people hear three or four songs just to give them a flavour of of what's going on. And even with the five songs, I feel like people have not even still not really got the full idea yeah. uh you know of of the album as you kind of as you kind of hinted at yeah i i love so you know detonation is one of my favorites and and song of unborn is uh, absolutely brilliant I'm, I'm assuming we can expect a, a lot of the new album on on the live shows and you plan to still play some of the older material of course yeah i mean I, you know i'm gonna i'm gonna hopefully go out and play uh, most, if not all, of the new record. I haven't, I haven't rehearsed it yet with my band, so I don't know exactly what's going to work best. But yeah, I mean, we've already got a lot of new films and, and visuals commissioned. Something for Song of Unborn. We're doing an amazing new animation for that one, which is going to be absolutely beautiful. You know, um, so a lot of this music will hopefully be, you know, very strong, strongly represented in in the show. And as always, I'll go back and I'll pick some songs that I think. Um, 
both from my from my solo records and and also going back to songs I wrote, you know, for Porcupine Tree over the years, pick out some some other songs, and I always try and I always try and put a show together that feels um, cohesive. So there will be certain songs that suggest themselves as kind of fitting in very well with with you know to the bone and and the kind of theme not not so much musically but the kind of lyrical themes yeah which are things i you know i've touched on before so there are certain songs that kind of already have suggested themselves in my mind ah that song lyrically that would fit very well you know with this with the show and and with the to the bone material i i just have a little bit of time here i wanted to ask you your relationship with michael and and opeth and how you got to working with him and producing them and how that relationship got started well, it was many, many years ago. I was given an album of biopic by a, a journalist that was interviewing me, and he told me that the 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 bands were big fans of mine, and, and that they'd asked him to pass on the CD. And I, I, I mean, even at that time, this is going back a long time now, probably the late <laughs> late nineties, or even. And, and I think even at that time, I was being given a lot of music, and most of it, you know, wasn't really doing anything for me. Uh, but th- this was the exception that proved the rule. You know, I put the album on. I remember putting the album on at Soundcheck that night at the gig I was playing. I think I was in Italy or something. And just being blown away with the, the creativity and the invention. And I dropped Michael a line. I said, I've been giving your album. I've got to say, I'm re- really impressed and you're doing amazing stuff. And all, straight away, I got an email back within five minutes saying, can you produce our next record? <laughs> uh, which I wasn't expecting. And, you know, it was a very different musical world at that time from the one I was in. But I was, but I was interested in more extreme because Opeth at that time was still very much what you'd call an extreme metal band, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I was very interested in that, and I thought I could, I could, I thought I could learn a lot from from the experience as, as well as bringing something to them. I felt like I could, I could learn myself, and and you see how much kind of a, a, an influence. That, that you know that kind of intersecting with that world had on on my music yeah uh, it, it really affected too. affected both um well thank you Stephen. i know you got to go I'm, I'm listen i'm a fan of everything you do the new record's as good as anything you've done and i wish you success with it hope to speak again soon thanks a lot man nice to speak to you today all right bye. have a great day you too Thanks to Stephen for the interview. His new album, To the Bone, comes out August 18th. For upcoming news and interviews, please check theprogreport.com, follow us on Facebook, at The Prog Report on Twitter, or download the podcast on iTunes. Thanks. Thanks.